The biggest question mark in the Sun Belt for 2023 is the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. It's Locked On Sun Belt. You are Locked On Sun Belt, your daily podcast on the Sun Belt Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back to another edition of Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. I am your host, Dave Schultz. Today's episode of Locked On Sunbelt is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. All right, it's going to be an interesting show. We're going to talk about what I want to in Coastal Carolina, and then I'm headed to Pensacola and going to watch the first round of the Sunbelt, and we'll come back and wrap that up. So we're going to edit it. Uh, together and probably get yelled at by Zach Blackerby because I didn't talk enough uh, football. But we will start with football. And the biggest question heading into 2023 is Coastal Carolina and Grayson McCall, right? Jamie Chadwell moved on to Liberty, taking over for Hugh Freeze. uh, And Tim Beck from NC State ends up taking over for uh, Jamie Chadwell. Grayson McCall went into the transfer portal and was hot and heavy going to Auburn, and then was hot and heavy going to Florida, and then ends up going back to Coastal Carolina. Speaking of one said Zach Blackerby from Lockdown Auburn, he went on a local mobile radio station on Monday and said the talk is still out there, that Grace McCall is trying to finish up his uh, school studies to be a graduate transfer following spring ball. So we will see. There doesn't seem to be a consensus uh, that uh, the current quarterback room at Auburn is full. And maybe they're looking for more. And that one guy could be, perhaps, Grayson McCall. So what happens in the, co- in, in the Sun Belt if Grayson McCall leaves? Now that is, I mean, that's just going to throw, I'm not, not a wrench in the Sun Belt uh, Eastern Division. It's certainly going to make it easier. We will see uh, who... Uh, you know, some of these quarterbacks, who they're going to be is going to be interesting uh, to think about, right? App State is looking for a quarterback. Uh, James Madison is going to have a quarterback, a competition. Marshall seems to have their quarterback. But is Marshall going to be able to do that again where they, you know, score 17 to 21 points and beat you because their defense is really good? All right. Uh, and so, same thing over in in the West, right? You do have some quarterbacks coming back, and Southern Miss may have a change of quarterback. I think uh, Troy is still going to have their quarterback. Uh, South Alabama has their quarterback coming back. And I think South Alabama is going to be favored to win the West. They may be favored to win the Sun Belt uh, heading into the season. But again, everything is going to depend uh, in the East on Grayson uh, McCall because – kind of starts and ends with him, right? When they were going good, I mean, they weren't dominating everybody, right? We we saw that earlier on in uh, the season where they were winning, but they weren't necessarily, you know, blowing teams out. They were kind of getting by on the coaching of Jamie Chadwell and the play of Grayson McCall. And then when McCall went down, 
it kind of went in the other direction. They eked out a win against Southern Miss, 26-23. Uh, they did not play Virginia because of the tragedy that happened in Charlottesville. But then uh, they played James Madison and got rolled 47-7. Now, you know, that's with Todd Santeo playing. And, you know, that was just a, I mean, that was James Madison's bowl game. All right, let's, for all intents and purposes, that was James Madison saying, we can't go to a bowl game, we're going to, we're going to show you, and because they were moving up a level, which is a ridiculous rule, but that's what it is, what it is, literally uh, the meaning of that. And so James Madison rolled. Grayson McCall came back and tried to play against Troy, and it just looked like in the beginning that he, that Coastal didn't want to be there. Now, McCall finishes with 319 yards because, you know, Coastal showed a little hard in the second half. They were getting rolled. I mean, was it 17 nothing, like mid-first quarter? Like it was, it was one team wanted to be there and one team did not. It was 17 nothing. Let's see here with a 409 to go in the first quarter. 17 nothing, Troy. At half, do we have a half? Uh, it was 31 7 at half. So for all intents and purposes, it was over at halftime. And so I give Coastal some credit for coming out and again, showing a little heart. Uh, Troy playing the backups didn't score at all in uh, the second half or in the, in the fourth quarter, I should say. Uh, but the game was was well in hand. And Troy had this phenomenal season, right? 11 and two uh, overall, losing the first game to Ole Miss. And their other loss was the Hail Mary to App State. They were very close to having a one loss season with it only being uh, the first game of the season to Ole Miss. And they kind of held their own against Ole Miss. But the point here is, what does Coastal do if Grayson McCall is not the quarterback? That's why it's a question mark. Nobody knows if he's staying or going. Right now, he is there. Right now, he is the Coastal Carolina quarterback. But what happens if, you know, he doesn't come back? What happens then? Because then again, it, it just opens everything up for everybody in the East, from James Madison to App State. Uh, certainly to uh, Marshall, uh, it is a, uh, I mean, I guess you'd probably have some people rooting for, <laughs> for that. I'm not sure, you know, obviously Coastal Carolina wouldn't be rooting for that. Um, you know, can, can, the, the, can the guys on the bottom part of, of the division, you know, the Georgia teams, Georgia Southern and Georgia State make a run? What about Old Dominion? They brought in a new offensive coordinator from a high-powered offensive attack, so... You know, you're going to have James Madison. People are thinking it'll be good because of offense. Marshall will be good because of defense. And Rasheen Ali is expected back. All right. You got to figure out what App State is going to do offensively at quarterback. And then, you know, where does Coastal Carolina uh, fit in there? All right. Um, not sure how well liked. I mean, Coastal has been a lot of fun to watch. And that that offense that they were doing, you know, the RPO with the triple option option uh, was really hard to stop when it was working effectively. Uh, and McCall doesn't turn the ball over, right? He's really explosive and efficient all at the same time. And they were cocky, right? They were good, you know, a few years ago when, you know, COVID saved them. If you want to say that to give them the Sun Belt Championship, I'm sure they would say otherwise. But uh, people in Lafayette still still are a little bit bitter uh, about that. Uh, and they've been good. So, uh, and they come off a little cocky which if you're in, you know, playing football in Myrtle Beach, it's pretty cool. 
and you can imagine that. And they've been good, right? And they weren't very good, you know, for a few years. And then all of a sudden they were good. And so uh, that's where they are. But the big question mark is Grace McCall coming back. And so when we find that out, all right, and we're not going to find it out until when is the spring door? It's like May, right? It's after spring practice. Uh, and there's that window to go back in, right? You don't have to come out at a certain time. But if you're going in, and if Grace McCall goes back into the portal, I would be shocked if he's back into Coastal Carolina. I would be shocked. So we'll see what happens. But that is the biggest question mark right now uh, in uh, in the Sun Belt for 2023. Uh, 20, I mean, you do have some coaching changes. Again, right there, Coastal Carolina. Is that really the only one? Yeah, that kind of looks like that may be it. Oh, you got G.J. Kinney with uh, Texas State. All right. On the other side, they're probably looking for some bigger things from Butch Jones and the Arkansas State Red Wolves. That has not gone as planned. And they probably need to do a little bit better than three and nine overall than one and seven. All right. That's, you know, how good can they be, right? It'd be hard-pressed to say, you know, go to a bowl game, although 500 is a bowl game. If you win six ball games. You know, you get to a bowl game. So that's the big question mark uh, over in uh, the West. But overall, the big question mark in the East is Coastal Carolina and their quarterback situation. And when that's settled, then we can start making predictions on who is going to win what. Because if Grayson McCall is coming back to Coastal Carolina, one would think they would be the favorite. I'd probably put... Only because we don't know about the quarterback about James Madison yet. You probably put Marshall second and then James Madison third. You probably change those if Grayson McCall doesn't come back. You know, everybody moves up a little bit. So we will see how that goes. All right. When we come back, we will recap the first round of the Sunbelt Conference a tournament and have our thoughts and look ahead to preview uh, the Thursday ball games. Uh, as we are heading down to uh, Pensacola following the recording of part one. Let me tell you a little bit about FanDuel. It's the midway point of the NBA season, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drain. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, Dave Schultz back from Pensacola on a uh, technically a Tuesday night as a podcast is good for Wednesday. And I need to tell you that uh, Troy and ODU better watch out. Uh, Texas State and Arkansas State. All of our Arkansas State's playing very well and Texas State is just playing tough. We've been talking about that all season. So first off, uh, let's go over. Uh, the Arkansas State ball game. Crazy game. They defeated Coastal Carolina 86-69, uh, and it was a game of runs. Coastal got off to a quick start, and they were leading 18-12, to and Arkansas State went on like a 
15 to nothing run. No, more than that. It was like a 22 to 2 run. It was 34 to 20. And then Coastal goes on a 10 nothing run to end the half. And they're down by four. They score the first bucket of the second half. And they're down by one. They've erased a 14-point lead in about two minutes of game time. And then Arkansas, and then it was back and forth. Not actually back and forth. It was, you know, Arkansas State would score and then Coastal would get closer. It was a 53, I'm sorry, 54-53 ball game. And then uh, Arkansas State, I think, went like on a 17-8 to run and made it a 10-point ball game. And that was all she wrote. The thing that's going to be crushing Arkansas State is Caleb Fields, our point guard, uh, went down. I was told that he had a, a fractured wrist for most of the season. It can't get any worse unless he falls on it. And maybe it is only a pain tolerance thing. That's what I was told. Uh, he only had, uh, let's see here, he had only five points in 25 minutes of play. Uh, the thing is, uh, other guys... The player were playing like 32 and 36, uh, 36 minutes. And they only had seven guys that played. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Terrence Ford, uh, he finished with, let's see here, 25 points, 15 of that in the second half. You had Marquise Davis, who was hot in the first half. He finished with 20. Uh, Arkansas State's going to have a, a tough go of it without Caleb Fields. They did a number on Coastal Carolina where – even Cliff Ellis said, look, they hit a couple of shots at the four-minute mark, and we just couldn't get back into it, and that's kind of where it was. The game ended up being a blowout. Arkansas State uh, did a good job, 16-23 to 23 from the free-throw line. Coastal went 13 of uh, 16. Uh, both these teams have been uh, banged up. We found out one of our fair, favorite players, Isam Mustafa, was out for a month, and Cliff Ellis uh, played him. Hasn't played for three – he said three weeks – and he had a double-double, 13 points and 12 rebounds in just uh, 25 minutes of play. Uh, so both these teams have been banged up. In fact, we heard that from Georgia State and uh, Texas State, and we'll get into that here in a second. But Arkansas State's going to have a tough time. They're going to have a tough time beating Troy with Caleb Fields. It'll be interesting to see what happens without Caleb Fields if he doesn't play. Uh, just took a hard fall uh, on his wrist on the court. So we'll see if that happens. We'll probably find out sometime. Figuring we'll find out sometime today if he's going to be available to play on Thursday. They play at 2 o'clock on Thursday against Troy. Uh, the thing is, against an odd tournament, because the women and the men are playing the same week in the same venue, and so we have games on Tuesday night. And although Arkansas State is playing, you know, Thursday at 2, it's not quite 24 hours. What time were they done? I mean, they were done. The game was at 5, and they were done just after 7 o'clock. So it's not quite 48 hours, but more than 40 hours compared to a lot of times, you know, you're, you're playing four or five days in a row. That doesn't happen until Saturday if you get that far. But – Again, we will see the difference if one of these teams knocks off someone who hasn't played for a week. Right now, Arkansas State, um, they've played in the arena. They have gotten some shots up. Uh, now it's about rest. I don't know about relaxation, but they get a chance to rest uh, and confident that they have played well. They hit a bunch of three-pointers. They were really hot from three, and that could be the difference in some of these games. They were 14 to 25 from three-point land. I mean, Goodness, it's tough to be tough to beat a team 
when uh, they're shooting 56% from three. So if you're Troy, beware because Arkansas State's coming in hot. We'll see if Caleb Fields is able to go. But it was Marquise Davis who carried them in the first half, and then it was Terrence Ford Jr. who carried the Red Wolves in uh, the second half. Now to the nightcap. And we'll get to that here after these messages. Want to again thank you. The 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 podcast is continuing to grow, uh, maybe because we are doing a little bit more of football there. Are you happy now, Zach? Are you happy? Uh, but uh, it's uh, it's fun to watch it grow. I, again, I know a lot of these other locked on channels are doing better than ours, but trying to figure it out. And we, we've hit on a couple of a good videos, so we'll continue to. Uh, do football as it as it uh, comes along and you know obviously spring football is coming up so again please subscribe and if you see it on facebook and in and in twitter please like and retweet or you know share uh, the link to uh, the podcast it is a big big help okay uh georgia state and texas state uh georgia state's had all kinds of issues it's very young um inexperienced uh, a lot of turnover from the championship team. They are the defending. They were the defending champs. Uh, technically, I guess, are the defending champs. Uh, Texas State, you know, just all kinds. Of, they had some uh, injury issues as well. Uh, but they are really annoying to play. We've said it throughout the season. Uh, they don't look to score before 10 seconds left on the shot clock. So you're playing 20 seconds of defense, not really knowing or really knowing that they're not going to the hoop. It's going to be interesting to see on how someone would play that. I think one time they tried to double the ball, but there was no rotation, so that ended up being an open layup. Or there was a miscommunication on the double team. Uh, But I would probably, well, you get down to that five, six seconds area, I'm going to double the ball and see if they find the open guy, see if they make the right pass. Now you got to be, you know, and then don't, don't overreact to one missed rotation. Keep on doing it a couple of times. Now, you can't let them reel off eight straight layups in a row, but, uh, or, you know, eight straight points in a row, four straight layups. But I would do something differently in the last 10 seconds of the, of the defense, of their possession, because it's just a real tough time playing good defense for 25 to 29 seconds, only to see Texas State hit shots right at the buzzer, at the uh, shot clock buzzer. Uh, but uh, Texas State does hang on to defeat Georgia State 81-76. Uh, Texas State gets ODU. Uh, interestingly enough, Texas State usually, they average like 66 a game. They got 81. Now, a bunch of fouls were called in this ballgame. At one point in time, it was at 47. It finished up at 47 fouls that were called. That's a lot. Because as of recently, and maybe it's just the, the way South plays, right? South does not do a lot of penetrating to the basket, right? You get uh, Isaiah Moore and Turbo Jones. He may penetrate to the basket a little bit more. Greg Parham, now they're just backing the the guards down and doing turnaround jumpers or floaters, and there's not a lot of contact, not a lot of fouls when it's that when that's the case. Once in a while, Kevin Samuel's getting fouled, and he's doing a better job hitting free throws uh, as of late. But a lot of these games are not real physical, where the games, or at least not where the fouls are getting cold. Uh, a lot of them are, are, you know, all of a sudden there's like four fouls in the first half and South Alabama's.
playing like an hour and an hour and a half because there's not a lot of fouls called. It does come down to free throws. It really does with, uh, let's see here, Texas State was ridiculous from the free throw line. 24 of 28, two of the four misses were the last two free throws of the game. Uh, crazy. And also, I would tell you, Georgia State had a bunch of good free throws. They were 22 of 28, but all six misses were in the second half. They were only 9 of 15 from the free throw line in the second half. They lost by five. Five. <laughs> uh, again, I'm not one of those guys, boy, if you hit all your free throws, I don't expect to hit all of the free throws. But if you hit, they missed six. If you hit three of them, now you got, it's a couple of possession game. No, that's where you see uh, the difference of them. Or I guess if you hit three of them, it's a one possession game. If I could do my math, my understanding is there would be no math. Uh, again, uh, let's hear all five Texas State uh, starters were in uh, double figures. Morgan had 14, Martin 13, Mason had 15, Harrell had 13, and uh, Drew Dinnan had uh, 16. Uh, they did play some other guys. Um, they're going to get ODU, and again, that's going to be a little bit of a slowdown game. Texas State usually, again, averages 65 points a game. They scored 81 against Georgia State, who didn't defend all that well. Uh, and uh, we'll see. Uh, ODU and Texas State rely on those guards. Again, Mason Harrell may be one of the more annoying players to play in the league because uh, he is so slight. He is so short, but not necessarily that effective tonight. Three and nine from the floor, but seven of eight from uh, the free throw line. And uh, and that was the difference in, uh, in the ballgame for Georgia State. Colin Moore, he finished with uh, 25 points. He also had a good night at the free throw line, 11 and 12. All right, so coming away from night one of the Sunbelt Conference Tournament, if you are Troy, careful about Arkansas State. All of a sudden, they won three out of four. Like, they won more in the last two weeks in the Sunbelt than they have in the previous two months. And uh, not that you need to tell ODU about uh, Texas State. I guess ODU beat them on a, on a last-second shot. Uh Texas State's just tough to beat. They are they are tough to beat. South Alabama should have won by 15 to 20. I think they won by double digits, but Texas State wouldn't go away about a week ago. And uh, they're just, they're they're, they're a tough team uh, to beat. Um, and you just you you can't relax against Texas State. You can get up by 10 or 12, blink, it's a six point game. In that game, South Alabama. If South Alabama doesn't hit their free throws against Texas State, Texas State probably wins that ball game. So, uh, it is, it's a tough team to beat. I just repeatedly, they are a tough team to beat. All right. Allegedly rumors have it that I like to start and perpetuate. We may have a local basketball coach on for Thursday show. Allegedly Richie Riley, South Alabama coach will join us to uh, recap South Alabama season and look ahead to their matchup against App State on Thursday. Do They do tip off early on Thursday uh, at 11.30 uh, Central Time. Allegedly, rumors have it that, again, I like to start and perpetuate crossing our fingers. That's what happens. All right, thanks very much for tuning in to Locked On Sunbelt. We are, uh, again, we'll be at uh, Pensacola and the Sunbelt Conference Tournament throughout uh, the week. Once again, I'm your host, Dave Schultz, and you have been watching Locked On Sunbelt. 
your team every day.